welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hey friends, I hope you're doing really well. I have a great interview for you today with Lucia Hawley. And Lucia is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner like me and women's health expert with a master's degree in social work and clinical mental health. She teaches overwhelmed women how to stop dieting, lose weight for life, and to master their minds instead of counting one more point, calorie, or macro. In the episode, we speak about the main factors that hold people, and women in particular, back from losing weight. How it's actually possible to ditch diets and lose weight, because I know this is something that People are really skeptical about, but I've seen it happen time and time again. So trust me, it's possible you can get off the dieting bandwagon and actually lose weight. And we also speak about the role of the brain in dieting. So let's get into it. Hi, Lucia. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Could you share with us a little bit about your journey and your story and how you came to do the work that you do now? Yeah, definitely. So my journey is definitely long and winding. There are a couple, like I would think of it like a, a, a path where there are a couple different forks in the road, but I'll try to keep it concise. So um, part of my story, which only in the last couple of years have I really kind of brought to light with my work with clients, as we'll talk about, is the fact that when I was 14 years old, I was about 80 pounds overweight and I lost that weight over the course of a year. Um, And I lost that by eating more natural foods. Atkins diet was very popular back in my day. I might be aging myself a little bit, but that's okay. And that was the first time in my life that I realized, oh my gosh, what I eat totally impacts how I feel. And I had this very like visual effect. Okay. I lost all this weight. I felt more energy, felt like I could kind of like be in my body a little bit more. But one of the biggest things for me with that weight loss and just shifting what I was eating was the fact that all of a sudden I didn't have daily headaches. And I remember being like, wait a second. I thought that was just life. Like I was 14 going on 15 being like, oh, I'm becoming an adult now. This is just life is to be having headaches every single day. So that was the very first turning point for me to recognize, okay, food has a really big influence not only on how someone might look, which is what society like loves to like put on like the tippy top, right? Like, how do we look? How do we look? How are we performing? But really for me to understand, how do I feel? And just these simple daily choices totally influence how I'm feeling and how I'm navigating my life. So that was really profound, coupled with a pretty big weight loss. And then over the years, by the time I was about 18, 19, I started to have some panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I'm a very shy person, but I was like, wait a second, that's not like, what is happening here? This is not who I am, is it? So I was in school at the time um, uh, in my undergrad studies. And so I had access to an awesome library full of all these different studies and journals. And that was also back in the day before being gluten-free was very popular. No one was really gluten-free. It wasn't a term you're hearing all over the place. 
Uh, but I found this study based in Sweden, I believe, on uh, uh, two different groups of teenagers. And one group was fed a gluten-free diet and the other group was fed just kind of their normal diet. And the intake was on kind of mental health and wellness, depression, anxiety metrics. And what the study found is that the teenagers who went gluten-free just for about like four weeks or so, it was a pretty short-term study, had a dramatic drop in their expression of depression and anxiety symptoms. So I was completely stressed out, having panic attacks and feeling really overwhelmed. And I realized, well, wait a second. Doing Atkins, which I'd kind of drifted away from uh, after I was 14 or so, if I felt so good then, and that was naturally a gluten-free diet, maybe I should just give this a shot. So I gave it a shot, I went gluten-free, and after two weeks, no more panic attacks, no more anxiety attacks. It was not actually my personality. Uh, it was just my body feeling overwhelmed by something that I then came to realize I had a hard time uh, digest digesting. So those two incidences, I would say, really compelled me to want to further my degree, understand nutrition, and start to work with other people just to talk about food. I, no, no one else needs to go gluten-free necessarily, but for us to really understand, food is so powerful. And so if we feel like there's something off in our bodies, we are allowed to listen to that and to trust that. Because as I was navigating all these different, just kind of small chronic issues here and there, Anytime I go to the doctor, and I love doctors, <laughs> they're great, but for this chronic stuff, they would just kind of pat me on the back and say, oh, you're growing up, good job, just, you know, don't worry about it, right? Like, just go live your life. So I remember just feeling so empowered to recognize not only is there power to the foods we're eating, but like, I'm in charge of that. Like, I, I, this gets to be a beautiful way that I take care of myself. Yeah, I really love that. And I've had a very similar experience with doctors and a healing journey and all of that. And I just found it really interesting how you said, you know, maybe you were initially doing something for the weight loss, for example, eating whole foods. And then naturally that had an impact on, um, you know, relieving your headaches and then making further changes with eliminating gluten had a further flow and effect with your health as well. And I think this is so interesting because a lot of us come to this space just for weight loss or maybe just for, you know, managing some specific symptom. But what we often don't realize is all of the flow and effects that come with that as well. And that is what is so powerful and motivating once you start to experience all of these different transformations, it really spurs you to continue on. It really does. And what's so interesting too, is once I started to dive into this work, the weight loss portion of my story, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of boring. Like oh, I'm done with that. Like that's just kind of, you know, in my past, good and done. And over the years, as I worked with clients, I never, when I started out, I didn't have a niche. I was just like, you want to talk about food? Let's talk about food. Like, let's go, let's talk about this stuff. But over the years, what I started to realize as much as I could educate around food and nutrition, right, and not have it be this um, kind of image first transformation, right, it doesn't have to be about our bodies beyond how do we feel in them, right? What I started to realize is that there were these conversations that clients were continuing to have over the long term. A lot of the times it felt like their desire for weight was now feeling like in weight management was feeling like another should. 
they were giving methadone from maybe anti-diet culture or intuitive eating culture, which I support both of those, but they were now feeling like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't want to lose weight, but I still do. And I, now I have all this information around real foods and nutrition. I should have this figured out. I don't. Now there's one more thing for me to do on my to-do list. So that's also how I came to kind of bringing my story back to light. Let's talk about weight loss, right? Like let's make this okay. All we need to be doing is making sure that we actually um, feel like we have the capacity and containers to feel emotionally regulated. And if that encourages weight loss, great. And if it doesn't, also good. But I'm all about like down with shoulds and up with feeling more liberated. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that. And I think if we look back at all of the different diets that, you know, we've probably tried ourselves or we've seen and, you know, some of those diets and, you know, weight loss approaches that are still around now, it can feel like we have to choose between weight loss and doing some sort of extreme diet and being healthy. But actually, you know, what you're kind of saying, these two things can go hand in hand. You can eat in a way that is supporting your optimal health and is also supporting optimal weight as well. They don't have to, um, you know, be separate things. You don't have to go on some crazy, super restrictive diet that's actually going to hinder your health, which I know many of us have done at different points in the past. <laughs> we definitely have. I raised my hand. I've tried lots of diets over the year. And there's, you know, I think there's some strength in that, right? To always be curious and open-minded. But I also think as the years go on, you start to see different themes, not only, right? There's like, we can learn a ton about nutrition always. There's gonna be a lot of nuance, but those basics, those don't really change too, too much. So once you've done like 10, 20 plus 30, 40, however many diets there are, and there are a lot of them, you start to notice different trends and kind of basic information. So that was something, you know, that I really wanted to also help people feel regulated around. I talk a lot about kind of the left brain and the right brain. So our left brain is our logical brain, it's our analytical brain, and our right brain is our emotional creative side of our brain. So we have two sides and they talk to each other. So I think what I've noticed is that a lot of people, uh, especially if they don't feel safe around these conversations or they feel like their weight is something that should change, maybe it was a certain way in the past, it's no longer that now, right? The people who are feeling pressure, what I noticed is that a lot of people start to approach dieting with like a, like a very heavy left-brained uh, way of dieting. And I'll explain that a little bit further. So I think when diets are very compelling for a lot of us, it's because they make sense on paper. Our logical analytical brain is like, yes, <laughs> super clear. I can write it down. I know the rules. They're yes or no. And that is fine and great, right? It lights that one side up and we say, I'll do the diet. It makes sense. It's strict, right? I'll do it perfectly and then I'll get the perfect weight. But what do we tend to find? And I'm sure this happens, you've noticed this too. We can do a strict diet for a while, but at a certain point, we don't feel good. It doesn't actually fit into our lives. Like it's kind of lacking. So then I think a lot of people tend to wonder, well, why do I keep I'm almost like being codependent on these diets. Like I know they don't really work, but why do I keep leaning on them? And I think what happens there is that our right brain, the emotional creative side of our brain is never actually being nurtured with those diets, right? They're not allowing us to say, what if I live a life 
first approach to my food, right? What if I allow foods to be nourishing for me in such a way where I emotionally feel safe around any food, whether it's hyper-processed or completely whole, like never been touched? What if I can experience safety around all, like that whole spectrum, and also trust myself to make the choices that'll move me towards whatever it is I value? Yeah. Absolutely. I really love that. And, you know, before we hit record on this episode, we were also chatting about how we both really love food and that's a passion for us to go and find amazing restaurants and cafes. And um, so I think it's important to know that you can love food and enjoy food and, you know, feel good in your body and get results, whether that's, you know, weight loss or health wise as well. Yeah, it's really, it's so possible and it's so available to us. And what it can be is this big belief shift. And a lot of us kind of base our identities in what we believe. So it can almost feel like this confrontation with our own identity. What? Like, how dare you say about weight loss and like eating whatever it is that I don't believe that those two can be commingling. You're now telling me they can be the same thing they 100% can be the same thing. So I think right there, what you just mentioned is so important. We can allow ourselves to step into believing that like whatever we want to have happen can have happened. But what, what has to happen first is feeling that safety, that really that embodied safety in ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So I would love to know what you believe the main factors are that hold people back from losing weight, especially women. That could be, you know, emotional factors, physical factors, whatever comes to mind for you. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm such a nerd with the physical factors. Like talk to me about endocrine disruptors, like all that jazz, but I'd say some of the biggies. So I talk a lot about um, the tangibles of health, right? macronutrients, what is protein, let's talk about more processed food, unprocessed food, daily activity, kind of those tangible things that happen or that we do in our lives. But we also have all these intangible things and all these intangible habits. So I love to really be checking in with people on those intangible habits. What is it that you're saying to yourself when you wake up every day, right? What do you believe about eating breakfast? What do you make it mean when you start to experience a pang of hunger? Do you allow yourself to be hungry? Is that the scariest thing in the world? Are you used to being really hungry and you're completely scared of feeling satisfied? I hope that makes sense, but those are some of the areas that I like to look at is what is our relationship just with our physical bodies, um, but also like how we're living our lives? Because I think that's the biggest point right? We love this stuff. We can find it really interesting, but the whole point of eating well or eating nourishing foods or losing weight is if you uncover enough, it's because people want to feel more life. They want to feel more alive in their day-to-days. So anytime people start to get confused, I like to bring it back to, well, what would help you feel like more of yourself and feel more alive in your life today? Because that's where we want to be starting. Yeah, I really, really like that. And that's what I'm always reminding clients and people on social media is that we're here to enjoy our lives and have a good time. And of course, there's lots of different things that come along with that as well. But the point of going on a diet or making a dietary change or doing functional lab testing or doing a healing protocol or taking lots of supplements, 
the point of doing those things is to feel good so that we can actually get back to living a life that we enjoy. The point of doing those things isn't the things themselves. Like the point of the diet isn't the diet itself, but I think we can get really caught up and trapped in this whole, you know, diet culture sort of mentality and getting really obsessed with diets and weight loss. And we're not really focusing on living and we need to incorporate both of those things. And you don't have to wait until you've lost the weight or you've done the healing protocol to actually enjoy your life. You've got to sort of try and weave these things together because they're both a process. Just a short break from the episode to let you know that I'm currently offering free strategy sessions. This is a 20 minute call with me to discuss your current health challenges and goals and for you to find out more about how functional nutrition can support you. If you're sick and tired of putting up with frustrating symptoms and you're ready to wake up feeling light, energized and healthy, I reckon it's time to take action. Head to frandargaville.com forward slash strategy session or the link in the show notes to book your free strategy session. When we have all these different beliefs, a lot of them, like we might have generated them from an experience, right? From an interpretation of our circumstances or reality, but also we have beliefs that were kind of given to us by other people. Maybe it was our parents or caretakers or like the school or country, like wherever we grew up. Um, So that's also something I love to check in with people on is like, not only is this belief serving you, but where did that belief come from? right? Is that something that we've been carrying kind of innocently throughout our lives that now that we have that self-awareness, we brought it from kind of unconscious, subconscious into our conscious brains. Do we want to continue to hold on to it and navigate our lives in that way, kind of being informed by it? Or are we ready to let it go? I think that really speaks to totally the point of being able to make dietary changes, lifestyle changes, supplements, drinking water, any of that stuff, and any part of that, once we start to understand, well, some of these changes themselves might be uncomfortable initially, right? Because change is strange. Change is different. Our brains are like, could we not change? (laughs) I don't know what I think about that yet. I'm going to like maybe put up a little hesitation. So I think another cool thing is really recognizing, is my brain hesitating around this lifestyle change, losing weight, whatever it might be, because it's scared of change or because it has an interpretation of what that change might be? Because those are definitely two different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So I know your whole philosophy is that you can ditch diets and lose weight. And we've spoken a little bit about this and I'm totally on board with this. And I've seen it happen many, many times in clients. And, you know, I really believe that this is the case, but I know that there are going to be some people listening who can't even fathom this and they can't believe that that's actually possible. So could you explain how we can actually achieve weight loss and you know, get off the diet bandwagon. Yeah, so one of the first things I do uh, with my clients who are like, they're curious to do it, right? Like they've taken the step of working with me, but now they're like, okay, you gotta help me believe this. I know you believe it, but I can't have you believe it for me for forever. So the way that we start to practice creating beliefs ahead of time to piggyback off of what you just asked, I like to have my clients uh, decide ahead of time what they're eating for their meals. 
And usually when I say that, my clients are like, oh, well, that sounds horrible. And if they say that, then we already know they are having a really sneaky, mean thought about themselves and the foods that they're allowed to or should be eating. So, and this might feel roundabout, but it totally works, right? The proof is in the pudding. What they do is that they decide ahead of time what they're going to eat for their meals, right? Other the night before or the morning of, they just journal it out. And then they double check with themselves on a scale of zero to 10, how like excited, how good, how ready am I for these meals? And if it's an eight or a higher, boo yeah, great. They don't have to change anything. But if they rate that scale rating on an eight or a lower, then they need to go back and amend the plan. And usually what happens is that initially when they're planning foods, they're trying to be good. They're trying to people please. They're trying to be perfect. They already know all the stuff about whole foods and processed foods, all that. Usually what they're amending is they are, and when we're you know working together, what we start to see is that they're not offering themselves enough pleasure. And that pleasure can look like a whole range of foods. It might be more diversity with the fruits and vegetables they're eating. It might be including, usually it comes back to a lot of abundance, including more variety of foods, allowing themselves to have the foods that have been off plan, whatever the diet might be for a very long time. When we start to normalize eating foods that we enjoy, first off, it uncovers a lot of thoughts we have about ourselves. But secondly, we then stop ruminating on our food choices, right? We kind of halt that whole dieting cycle where we're being good or we're being bad. And we bring that focus from being very external all the way back into ourselves, where we get to say, my only job is to show up and allow myself to feel good. And as we practice that, we're gonna feel more parasympathetic, right? We're gonna be in that rest and digest mode with our foods more often. And we know that that helps us digest more fully, right? When our stomachs like are ready for the food, they're secreting that stomach acid. We all, we know that whole physiological breakdown, we're able to taste our foods more, we're chewing them more, we're savoring them more. And we're able to then let our meal just be an experience that we can be in and then let go because we feel safe knowing that our next meal is also going to be the same thing. So I think that's a really powerful practice that anyone can do because it's free. You don't need a special journal. You can literally just write down on any piece of paper and decide ahead of time with your frontal lobe, right? Instead of feeling stressed out, trying to make a food decision in the moment, that's that big difference that we start to shift how we're approaching our foods. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a really sort of empowered way to make that, you know, kind of decision. And I see a similar thing with things like alcohol and, you know, I suppose we're talking about food and, and with things like binge eating and that kind of thing. If you decide these things ahead of time, then you're going to find it much easier to actually you know, go along with the plan. But when you're always just leaving it up to what happens in the moment, then, you know, a lot of people end up maybe drinking more alcohol than they would have liked, eating more dessert than they would have liked, and then beating themselves up afterwards. So creating this plan and also having a little review of that, I can really see how that is a powerful way to, you know, basically take actions that are more in line with what you want for yourself and, um, you know, also from a non-judgmental place as well, I suppose. 
Yeah, because it really starts to reinforce the fact that you can trust yourself, right? So many people feel like they can't be trusted around foods or they feel like if they eat well all day or all week, then by the evening or the weekend, like they're going to, you know, be just scrounging for like the most processed things, most highly caloric things, which when you're talking about weight loss, that does factor in. So to be able to decide, decide ahead of time, oh, if I want pretzels, I'm going to let myself have them and they can be no big deal. That then does this beautiful thing where it literally changes our neurology. It changes how our brains function, right? Because if our brains always associate more processed foods with being bad or that we can't have them or we can only sneak them. Of course, when we approach them in that way, we're going to keep reinforcing that that's how they're being approached. So it is, it's that radical way of coming into more self-love in a very methodical but super simple manner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you have any final words of wisdom for anyone on this journey looking to, you know, get started, I suppose, or who's stuck on, you know, in the diet cycles? Yeah, you know, I would say the the biggest thing is really, well, two things. Number one, deciding I'm allowed to have pleasure. I think that's a really big theme that comes up a lot is feeling like I was saying before, all the shoulds, all the people pleasing, what a lot of that comes back to is both self-worth and allowing ourselves to experience pleasure, which comes back to just being in the present moment. So for anyone who's feeling overwhelmed with their food choices, like, ah, I don't even wanna have the conversation, but I wanna lose weight, OMG. I would suggest at your next meal, taking three deep belly breaths in and out, right? Just like sinking back into the present moment and then really offering yourself, what if this meal is exactly how it's supposed to be, right? Just seeing what happens when we start to play with the dial of the self-judgment and we just tune it down even one notch. That's life-changing. That's what I would offer to someone. Yeah, that's really great advice. I love that. So where is the best place for people to find you online and follow along with you and find out more from you? Yeah, so the best place uh, is going to be my website. That's Lucia Holly, L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com. And I'm also on Facebook a lot. I'm taking an Instagram vacation right now, but I totally love writing long posts and kind of sharing my insights um, over on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash Lucia.Holly. That's where I'm hanging out these days. Great. Thank you so much. And your Instagram hiatus, what's going on with that? I would love to know about that. (laughs) You know, I took a little break. I took it. It's been about six months. I took it started back in September. I've been an Instagram fan since day one. And I really realized the type of posts I write, I do a lot of newsletters. I send out five uh, emails a week. Those types of posts are very text heavy and they just weren't translating on Instagram as much versus on Facebook where I can have a longer format post. So I decided to flip my script. I wasn't on Facebook very much before uh, and it's been really liberating. So I had to kind of follow that itch and it's been really rewarding. Yeah, I love that. And the reason I asked is because I am seeing more and more people taking breaks from Instagram and also Facebook and, you know, or even ditching either or both of those things altogether. So I'm always curious what's going on for people, but I think that's, that's really cool. You know, you've got to do what works for you and work with your strengths and everything. So I love that. 
Well, thank you so much. It's been just super fun chatting with you. And I always appreciate anyone who's open to these conversations of being in this, I don't want to say messy middle, but just like this all encompassing middle, right? Nothing has to be all or nothing, black or white. We don't have to live in those extremes. We can kind of create our own lives in the middle. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lucia. This was such a great conversation and I'm sure everyone listening has gotten so much out of it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.